Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can you guys help me for a second? I'm, I'm trying to find something. I mean, I'm, I can't quite find it. It's, it's the ACC football season. I, I, I can't, I can't find it. It's, it's just come and gone. Like, whoop, whoop. Like, how did that happen so fast? The ACC football season, like it just gone. Oh, man. God. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to ACC Tailgate. Uh, Don't mind me. I'm just, you know, having some shenanigans around here as always. Um, Welcome in on a Monday. Monday after uh, big bowl games, uh, college football playoff semis, the Orange Bowl, all the other bowls, New Year's Six Bowls. I mean, literally, there's there's no other way to put it. I mean, it just gone. Like, you know, it's insane. You know, it, it just it really flew by this year. Um, you know, Clemson out, Notre Dame out. As you know, a lot of people predicted. I was hopeful that they would, you know, pull it through. As we welcome in our first viewer. Hope you're doing well on a Monday. Uh, and then obviously UNC lost their bowl game the orange bowl against te- uh, a tough uh texas a&m opponent that and we're gonna get into you know all this stuff as we go but man like you and i guess i shouldn't be surprised because i'm a carolina fan and you know obviously i knew uh i knew carolina was gonna be able to hang with texas a&m better than people thought just because i know the team that well but i was a little bit concerned obviously once i found out we were going to be missing a lot of key players, you know, Deami Brown, Michael Williams, uh, Chaz Surratt. Like, those are three key players that have been main cogs for the for the Tar Heels all year long. And the fact that you're missing those guys in the biggest game of not just the year, I would argue maybe the biggest game in Carolina football history. Like, big game. Uh, the fact that you're missing those key guys 
in a game like that, like I was curious to see how they were going to be able to hang. And man, I mean, they were in it till the fourth quarter. I mean, really, I mean, they, it was a ball. I, honestly, I was like, Carolina's going to win this thing. And then, you know, fourth quarter hit and Texas A&M pulled away. But uh, I, I would say nobody's, again, nobody was surprised uh, with Notre Dame getting the crap beat out of them by Bama. I don't, you know, I, 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 I was hopeful that they would maybe win that. You know, I, I did not think Notre Dame was going to get smacked the way they did. You know, most people, I think, assumed that was going to happen. I was the the small percentage that thought Notre Dame was actually going to bounce back from that, you know, ass kicking they took to Clemson in the ACC title game and, you know, actually come out and, you know, sh- show a fight against Bama, win or lose. That didn't happen. I would say <clears> – <throat> I mean, especially, I mean, for us and everybody, uh, I would say the surprise of the weekend was Clemson getting their ass kicked by Ohio State. Uh, Did not see that coming. Uh, Didn't didn't see that coming. I I would say I speak for most people when we did not see that coming. So, a lot to talk about. Um, new, New year. By the way, I haven't seen you guys. Uh, I haven't seen you guys since the start of 2021. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a great New Year's, however you celebrated. Hope you had great holidays if this is your first time tuning in since the holidays. Uh, I chose, it was kind of a last minute thing, but I chose not to do a show uh, on Friday because it was New Year's Day. Uh, all the big bowl games that just happened to have ACC teams in them, which is even more reason. I was like, I mean, everybody's watching the game, you know, I'm just not going to do a show just because you're watching the game. I wanted to be watching the game. Uh, and you know, and again, it was new year's. So I just figured, um, I I would do the same thing that you guys were probably doing, which is watching the game. So, uh, I hope you guys had a great new year. You know, I think, um, I think 2021 is going to be a lot different than 2020 was. You know, 2020 was, it was a weird one, to say the least. It was, it was, um, it was something. But uh, I I think 2021 is going to be our comeback year in in all aspects. You know, every aspect, I think it's going to be our comeback year. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to get through COVID. The vaccines are going to circulate. Uh, and I, and I think, uh, I think things are kind of going to kind of gradually get back to normal. I mean, obviously you, you, you don't ever go back to complete normal, you know, before COVID, you know, kind of like, you know, nine 11 happened and, you know, certain things change, you know, like how we handle things in airports and, you know, certain things change, but at, you know, for the most part, we get back to some type of normal. So I, I, I think this is going to be. I think it's going to be a really good year, and I think it's a, a lot of that is just perspective. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be a good year regardless. But if you have the right perspective, I think it's going to be an even better year for you. I, I know that's how I'm looking at it. So, um, so let's just start off, hit the ground running. Um, let's get right into Notre Dame. You know, I I like to think. I defended Notre Dame. Notre Dame was weird to me this year. Like, 
I, I had a weird relationship with Notre Dame this year because I started off the year thinking they were overrated because, you know, they were undefeated. They were ranked high, but it's like they haven't played anybody yet. What You know, like this might be – I thought they were a little overrated. Then the Clemson game happened, which for me was the ultimate test. And, you know, we talked a lot about this at the time. Like the Clemson-Notre Dame game was going to be the ultimate test to see, all right, what are you made of? And, you know, listen – Regardless of whether or not Trevor Lawrence uh, and certain others that were out for Clemson that game, the history books aren't going to remember that very much. They're just going to remember that you beat Clemson. And, and damn it, like Clemson scored more in that game than they did. And again, this is not uh, an indictment against Trevor Lawrence. I'm just saying that Clemson scored more points in that game than they did with Trevor Lawrence on the field. So, you know, let's not put that much or at all put an asterisk next to that uh, win against Clemson because regardless of who was on the field, Clemson's a damn good team. They took them double overtime or however many it was and got a very good win because, I mean, DJ Ugalele back up for Clemson at quarterback who's going to be the starter now that Trevor Lawrence is going wherever he's going in the NFL. That'll be fun to see how that plays out. Because Justin Fields, I don't, listen, I don't know how much that performance by Justin Fields is going to affect his draft stock over Trevor Lawrence. You know, could could uh, the Jags, now that they have the number one overall pick because the Jets screwed it up by winning a few games at the end of the season. Is there a possibility that somebody somebody in the Jags front office would consider maybe we should look at Justin Fields instead of like, I just, I don't know. Like if you can put that much weight into one game, but damn it, Justin Fields looked good. Like I did, I hadn't seen him play a lot naturally cause he's in the big 10 and I'm, I'm watching a lot of ACC stuff. So I don't watch him a ton. And in fact, that was the first game that I watched him for a full game, but damn it. If he didn't look good. I mean, he, and we're going to get into this more so down the road in the show. I mean, he exposed Clemson's secondary. Coach, the defensive coordinator for Clemson, Venables, he's got um, he's got his work cut out for him to make some adjustments for next year because that ain't cutting it. And you know, I, I want to I don't want to get into it too much now because I want to stay with Notre Dame. But I, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like that was just. Justin Fields was incredible in that game, but no, reg- listen, regardless, <clears throat> regardless, getting back to Notre Dame, uh, regardless of who was on the field for Clemson, they got that win fair and square. It was a damn good game. Both teams played like two top teams in the country, period. Um, and Notre Dame got the win. So that was the first time that they proved me wrong because, again, I was on the Side, I think they might be a little overrated. Um, so then, as time went on, the biggest issue for Notre Dame was in these big games against elite teams. You know, they got it done against Clemson the first time, but then the second time against in the ACC title game rolled around, and it was completely different story. You had Trevor Lawrence back. And in my opinion, the big difference was the defenders that Clemson had back 
that they didn't have in the first game against Notre Dame. And that, to me, made the biggest difference because, I mean, they didn't put up 47 points this time around. They put up like 10 or whatever it was. It were a, a lot to a little, essentially. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so they got their, their ass kicked in the ACC title game. And then they got their ass kicked in the bowl game against Bama. So I would say my final verdict, and again, I try to, I don't want to be all over the place here, but I mean, you get in, that. Listen, that's the difference between me. You guys are going to find this out the more you watch this show. That is the difference between me and a lot of other people out there that have platforms or, or people in the media. It's like when I get new data, AKA, watch more games and see people play more things change and you get new data, you see new things. And it's like, all right, you, you alter your opinion a little bit because you have to, it's like, I, I'm not going to sit here and cling on to something I thought earlier in the year when I've come to find out mm, that's not exactly the case as I thought it was, uh, as we got our first comment in here, Spartan Barton, uh, happy new year to you too. Hope you had a Merry Christmas as well. Uh, Sp- for Spartan Barton has been like the number one uh, person in the comment sections in the history of ACC tailgate. Uh, it's been a lot of fun interacting with him and I'm sure we're going to do plenty more of that in 2021 and hope to get even more of you guys in on the comments because I like that. I like the aspect of, you know, getting you guys in here involved in the show uh, and, you know, interacting live on the air. I mean, it's to me, it's fun. You know, I like it. So, Keep that in mind if you want to get on the comments. Um, but no, like when you get new data, when you watch more games, you should ev- your opinion should evolve. Now it might stay the same because you found out, okay, well that's what I thought it was. But when something changes, aka Notre Dame actually what? Here's the fun, and here's where I'm getting with this. The final verdict for me on Notre Dame this year is that Notre Dame wasn't overrated, just kind of. And what I mean by that is they weren't overrated for the most part. You know, because But in other words, they were a very good team. That's what I'm getting at. They were a very, very good team. However, the gap, as we saw, the gap between Notre Dame and then your Clemson, your Bama, your Ohio State, it was more than we thought. And so that's kind of what I mean when I say they weren't overrated because they were a very good team, but they were a little. They were overrated as far as their hanging around with the big guns, essentially. And, it, and it's kind of, in fact, perfect example is how, you know, a lot of people thought Carolina was overrated when they got in the top five early in the season. I don't remember which game it was that put them in that position. It was a big win that they got. Uh, they beat a ranked opponent, I think. But a lot of people were saying, ah, that's a little too high, that's overrated, which is kind of, you know, the natural thing that a lot of fans do when they see a team they don't overrate. But it proved out to be true. Carolina did end up being 
overrated as far as being rated that high. Just because somebody's overrated doesn't mean they're not good. Doesn't mean they're not worthy of being in the top 25 because Carolina was worthy of being in the top 25. But when it came to trying to put them in the top five conversation, that's when you're getting into the overrated conversation. And that's kind of how I feel about Notre Dame. They aren't, they're not an overrated team because they're very good. But when you start putting them in the conversation with the big dogs, you know, Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, hell, I don't even know. And and this is the thing. I don't know how they would have done against Texas A&M, against you know, a lot of the other teams that were, you know, trying to get their spot into the college football playoff. You know, I don't know how they would have looked against them either. It's just when it when it comes to putting them in that conversation with the big ones, that's when I think they were a little overrated. And that's why I completely disagreed with Coach Kelly, uh, head coach of Notre Dame, when he said last week before they, you know, played the semifinal game or the Rose Bowl, same thing, potato, potato. Uh, that's why he was like, uh, we don't have anything to prove. I'm like, eh, yeah, you do. Because when you look at Notre Dame's track record in these games, in fact, I saw, I got to show this to you guys. I saw this uh, on Twitter and I saved it. <clears throat> so I did a whole segment a week ago about how Notre Dame, and in fact, the whole segment was about Coach Kelly saying that, oh, uh, you know, we're, we don't have anything to prove. You know, we've had a great season. We beat Clemson, this and that and the other, which is all true. But you do have something to prove because when you go look at, and, and we looked at all their seasons going back to 2015, when you do that, they got a lot of good seats. Now, I would say this, uh, I forget which year it was now off the top of my head, but I would say this year and then one of the other years that they went undefeated were their two best years in the last since 2015. However, they didn't get it done when it mattered. You know, they, they, they were either have, they would have a great, for example, just like this year, they would have a great regular season record. They would go. And a lot of those years they would go play some no name bowl game that nobody watched against an unranked opponent and win it. Congrats for whatever that's worth. But when they would get into the real games, you know, your Rose Bowls, your Orange Bowls, whatever that was they played, the big ones, one of the big ones, against a ranked opponent, they would lose. Uh, and my whole thing was when you've got that type of track record, and I'll show it to you right here. I'll pull up the graphic for you. Our podcast listeners won't be able to see it, so I'll read it off for you. I saw this <clears throat> on Twitter, and I just had to show you guys. So this is Notre Dame. Since 1998 in BCS and or New Year's Six Bowl games. In 2000, against Oregon State, lost 41-9. to 2005, against Ohio State, lost 34-20. to 2006, against LSU, you lost 41-14. to 2012, against Bama, you lost 42-14. to 2015, against Ohio State, lost 44-28. Clemson, uh, in 2018, lost... 30 to three and that to me that that is just not not what moral of the story is a lot of appearances not a win and and a lot and when you actually look at those losses they ain't close either they ain't close like i mean these are these are completely lopsided games and you know this one here um you know 
this one this this one this year was no different. Completely lopsided. So yeah. I, I just thought that was insane. Um let's get into some comments here. Uh let's see. I'm reading, I'm reading through the, for the podcast list. There's a long silence there. I'm trying to read through the comments. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. No. Yeah. Spartan Barton get, uh, not a single close loss in those, um, in all those games. I mean, it's true. I mean, they were all lopsided and that, and that's, and again, that's why I felt so strong. Like, I mean, if you, and again, like, which you know, if you're the head coach of a you know a college team, a big time you know a, a, a power five conference team, uh, you know this shouldn't be your ambition just to be good in the regular seat. You know what? You know what Notre Dame. You know, looking at all of that, you know what Notre Dame is, or what it reminds me of. And you can tell me if you agree. Notre Dame reminds me of the in the NBA the the Milwaukee Bucks. A team that is very good. You know, you got your star player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Notre Dame had its star quarterback, Ian Book. Uh, you know, they're, they're the Milwaukee Bucks. They're, they're a great regular season team, a team that we look at and we say, all right, this team's got a shot. I mean, this, you know, they get into the playoffs, whatever, and they just completely go missing. They're a really good regular season team, and when you and, and you know this isn't me taking shots at Notre Dame because I I was I've defended them more than most have, but when you look at all those past seasons, all those records, all those you know games that didn't matter, whether that was a bowl game that was a no name, and then you lose the one that matters, the big ones, that just screams really good regular season team to maybe even playoff fraud. If you could go that far, I mean, I hate to say that, but the proof is in the pudding. And so, um, but again, with all that said, don't take away. And you know, obviously, Notre, Notre Dame's got a lot of haters. You know, they're not in the ACC, they're not in a conference, and this and that. And obviously, those people are going to come out of the woodworks more so for this particular game than any other. I mean, they've been out there all year, but this one more than any other. Um. <clears throat> and Spartan Barton, yeah, uh, Spartan Barton. There's nothing wrong with being a gatekeeper, uh, saying that Notre Dame is the ultimate gate. And then, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I mean, consistently a top 15 team year after year. I mean, that's great. Like that, that, that's no, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think if you're looking to finish the deal and take it the distance, I would say they still. Had you, you, they still had something to prove, and I would say, like you, they they still had something to prove. I think, uh, but again, obviously, they're again a really good team, and that's why I say, I mean, that's they weren't overrated, just maybe a little bit when it came to those big dog conversations. Um, let's see, and again, I I would assume. Sticking with the Notre Dame, I would assume Ian Book is done. Uh, just he posted this. Uh, let's see here, where is it? He posted this on his Instagram story, basically peace out, 
uh, in front of his locker uh, at Notre Dame, and most people assume that he's going to commit to the NFL. Especially, with, I mean, his stock is as high as it's his unless he were to come back and Notre Dame were to you know win an ACC title and maybe get to the championship next year, which that's a hard thing to do. Like his stock is as high as it's going to be right now. So I would say if I'm Ian Book, I would go. Um, and we're going to get into that conversation uh, here in a little bit when we get into UNC and the people that they were missing. And, you know, all those people were because of, you know, they've committed the NFL draft. They don't want to risk anything. And a lot of, and, and again, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. That's coming up. Um, let's see here. Uh, so Clemson, the one that we did not expect. You know, lost 49-28 to Ohio State Sugar Bowl, a.k.a. Uh, college football semi. Um, nobody saw this coming. And the question is, you know, what went wrong? You know, what, what went wrong for Clemson? Um, I would say there were so many. You, that That's one thing that you got to – that's one thing that I always – struggle with it's like when it comes to games like this do you blame it, it it's it's the it's the cliche question that we see all over you know our favorite sports show you know is it good this or is it bad this or is it good this person is it bad this person was this good Clemson or was this good Ohio State or was this bad Clemson it, it's it's hard because like you don't want to take away credit from somebody because you're putting so much blame on somebody else. But I do think you can find a balance and do both. You know, this was bad Clemson to me defensively. This was bad Clemson in the trenches, but God, it was this good Justin Fields and Ohio state offensively. I mean, he danced. If you go back and watch it, he danced all over uh, Clemson all night long. I mean, you know, I gotta be honest with you. And again, it poses the question. Uh, it it poses the question like, was that enough to pretend? Like, is it possible that the Jags could potentially think? Do we maybe want to take a look at Justin Fields? I don't think so. Like, I, off of one game, well, not one game because obviously Justin Fields was good all year, and we knew he was going to be a top prospect, the the quarterback right behind Trevor Lawrence coming into the season, but man, that was such a performance that it was like, if that, if it doesn't even cross your, like it would have to cross somebody's mind. Like, do we maybe want to at least look at him and give both? A, a, I don't know. Like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. And, and to Spartan Barton's point, this was another variable. Ohio state, Circled that matchup January second, twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I think one of the and to your point, I think one of the big reasons that Ohio State put the beat down that it did uh, to Clemson. You know, I, I think the very thing or the very reason that Ohio State was getting doubted all year long, aka their lack of games. To me, that's the exact reason that they just beat the shit out of Clemson. 
because they I I felt like they came into that game so mad and so hungry and so pissed off, especially at Dabo, who trolled them for putting them 11th on his own personal ranking, which and to the to the point Dabo uh Dabo even said that the you know how can I put somebody who played six or however many games like how, how can I judge off of that? Well, I don't know. Let's take a look because when you I don't know like when you look at Ohio's what they've done and I'll pull I'll pull it up here for you like let's see here when you look at the season that I mean no they didn't play they 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 went undefeated they played. Um, six regular season games, and then the seventh, obviously, against Clemson. But when you look at what they did, I mean, they got they've got three ranked wins. You know, one against Penn State, who was number eighteen. They've got a win against Northwestern, who was number fourteen. They've got a win against Indiana, who was number nine. And then everybody else just they beat the crap out of. No, they didn't play a lot of games, but like. I don't know. Like they, they came into that game so hungry. Justin Fields had to have come into that game so hungry because they heard out all that all year, and they heard Dabo say it. And listen, like I'm, a lot of people like to raz da- Dabo, and you know the dudes, the guy's a good dude. Like he really, he really is. You know he he's a character. He is, but I don't know. I, I don't get all the Dabo hate. You know, well. I, I kind of do because he's the type of character who kind of instigates it a little bit. And I think he knows that. And that's just the way he plays. Uh, but it backfired on him this time because Ohio State came into that game so hungry. And to Spartan Barton's point here, he says that OSU looked like a fresh team. I would agree. And, and rightfully so because, again, you know, they didn't play quite, they didn't have quite the long stretch that, you know, other teams did. That was a factor as well. Uh, he said they looked like a fresh team while Clemson looked like they just finished a grueling 11 game which they 11 game schedule which they did uh, with three top 10 matches. yeah I 100% agree um, that definitely played a role uh, but I I think I don't know I just I think Ohio State heard all that chirping about oh just because they played you know, six regular season games. That means somehow they're, they're not as good. I think what I think they actually showed us who they really were uh, against Clemson. And man, Justin Fields was just insane. Oh man. Um, but yeah, the O line for Clemson, not good. And then, then on the other side, the O line for uh, <clears throat> the O line for Ohio State, very good. But I think a, another big factor here for Clemson defensively was their secondary got exposed. I mean, when you when you go back and watch, uh, and you can you know, just pull it up on YouTube, watch the condensed game or the highlights. Like Justin Fields danced all over the place, and he just picked picked them apart. He picked the secondary apart. I mean, you go back and watch; it's just it's right there. Um, and that was a big reason as well. So, um. See here, but no, I mean, what to me that's what went wrong for Clemson is just they got beat in the trenches and their secondary got exposed. But you know, we got to give a shout out to Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Now, Travis Etienne's year didn't go as quite 
quite the way I I think he wanted it to, and we expected it. it I mean, it started off incredible, and then just kind of and that you know, I would say that the O line probably had a part in this as well. But I mean, you got to give a shout out to that again. I said it uh, before on this show, and I'll say it again here. I would say, and maybe this is a little biased, but. I remember those 09 Tar Heels in basketball, and I remember how dominant they were. And for me personally, I think that Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne is the best duo in ACC sports, any sport. It's the best, most dominant duo since Tyler Hansborough and Ty Lawson on the 09 Tar Heels, because I remember... It, that was Lob City. Ty Lawson to Tyler Hansberg for the jam, for the put up, whatever it was. Like that was, I mean, I, I remember it all the way up to the national championship game in 09 when Carolina took it home and completely dominated the tournament. I mean that 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 Ty Lawson to Tyler Hansberg duo. It just, yeah, it was something else. I I miss it. I really miss it. You know, Carolina's. We're going to get into that on uh, probably the next episode. Carolina is struggling on the round ball right now. Lost to NC State and not ranked anymore. And, you know, we won't get into that. But, <clears throat> um, yes, uh, wide open receivers getting back to Clemson's secondary. Spartan Barton here, wide open receivers, all game with a large, clean pocket. Perfect analogy. That's a perfect analogy of what it was, a hundred percent. So the you know where does Clemson go from here? Uh, they they got to adapt defensively. They got to figure something out. Coach uh, Coach Venables or the defensive coordinator Venables, he's got to figure something out. He's got to adapt because th- this is the one thing that I will say that at least I noticed. Now, granted, that LSU team last year that won the chip may probably have been the greatest college football team of all time. So it's hard to use that as an example. But in the game against Ohio State this year in the semi, and then the championship last year against LSU, Clemson has gotten the crap beat out of them. Like, because the the final this year was 49-28, and then last year against LSU was 42-25. Very similar. And, you know, defensively, they've just gotten picked apart. And so that is an area. And that's what, and listen, that's, um, that, that's, that's some, again, you know, we, we talk, we've talked a lot about what dynasties and great teams, what the differences between them and just really good teams. One is their depth of star talent. And another one is their ability to adapt and innovate. And, you know, we're seeing it now. We're seeing it now with the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. They ain't what the, now. Granted, ain't nobody gonna be what they used to be when Kevin Durant leaves. When you've got Steph, Clay, Draymond, and, and, and you know, and you add KD to that mix, ain't nobody gonna be the same after that gets broken up. But even before KD got to the Warriors, like their style of play was unbeatable. They were clearly the best team. I mean, even before Kevin Durant got there, they were they weren't maybe a dynasty yet. But they were by far the best team in the NBA. But now that, you know, and obviously they don't have Clay, they don't have KD anymore, obviously. But the days of that Warriors team just dominating everybody, that with that stop, you know, that 
shooting and three ball style of play, those days are done because teams have adapted to it. They know it's coming and they even got their own version of it now. And so now the Warriors are going to have to adapt. And now Clemson is going to have to adapt and, and make some adjustments because this is two years in a row that they've gotten picked apart defensively in the big game. And so, you know, obviously that's maybe that's nitpicking a little bit, but it's not really because like, they're a very, very good team, and they want to stay on top and keep going and win more championships. And in order to do that, they're going to have to figure new things out because teams are already picking up on what they do. They're planning for it, and they're, Clemson's going to have to adjust to that if they want to stay on top and continue to keep going. Uh, but let me make no mistake about it: they're going to be there's going to be no lack of talent coming in. DJ Ugalele, obviously, we saw what he could do against Notre Dame and Boston College. They had the big win against Boston College, which Boston College was no slouch this year. And that was, and then again against Notre Dame, DJ put up like what was it, 439 yards, a record as far as opponents playing against Notre Dame. That was a record. DJ Ugalele put up. So make no mistake about it. Quarterback position, they're good. Uh, they got a five-star running back coming in, ranked 21 by ESPN. His name's Will Will Shipley. So he'll be there. Uh, there's going to be no lack of talent. But you got you got to figure something out with the secondary. You got to figure something out with the O-line, which, I, again, I think that's why Travis Etienne didn't have – uh, quite the year that he wanted to have to finish up his career at Clemson. Um, you got to you got to figure that out. Spartan Barton says that 2021 Clemson will look a lot like 2020 UF, aka Florida. Uh, yes, hopefully with a better defense though. And again, I think that's what's going to make all the difference in the world is the defense because Clemson was there offensively for the most part. Very, very well-rounded team. It's just defensively, Justin Fields picked the, I mean, just he was going wherever he wanted with it. And so that, to me, is going to make the difference for Clemson. Um, We got about 10, 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, Let me wrap up with, obviously, the other, you know, now that we've gotten through the, you know, the biggest games, you know, the other, you know, New Year's Six Bowl that happen to have a uh, happen to have an ACC team, you know, the Tar Heels in it. Uh, the last marquee bowl game for us ACC fans, Carolina and Texas A and M. Um, I have to say, and I said I, I I said this early in the show, I was very impressed with how Carolina played without. Michael Williams, or excuse me, Michael Carter, with Deon, without Deami Brown, without Chaz Surratt. I was very impressed. You know, I I actually, I uh, I didn't know how Carolina was going to deal without those guys because I like that. That is such a bulk. I mean, obviously, not, it's not all of it, but that is a big bulk of where they were really, really good this year. Michael Carter at the running back position, who led the ACC in rushing. Uh, Deami Brown led the ACC in receiving yards and touchdowns, I believe. And then Chaz Surratt, while he wasn't you know, leading the ACC in anything, he was the best defender on Carolina's roster and has been ever, you know, for the most part of his career, definitely last year, then definitely this year. So those guys decided to opt out. Uh, they felt like, yes, 
Spartan Barton. Most of that game, aka the first three quarters, looked very good for UNC. A hundred percent. Like you literally said it before I could. Like Carolina fans should be very, very uh encouraged with what they saw. Because listen, I felt like if Carol and I actually I said this now, now that I'm thinking about it. If Carolina were to have won that game, or even in loss, if they would have been very competitive, Carolina's a top 10 team going into next year easily. And I think they did that. And now, once you realize that they were missing some of their key players, ain't no way they're not a top 10 team next year. No way. So I was Carolina fans got a lot to be excited about because if you give that Carolina team some form of a good defense, which I don't think they had a really good one this year, to be honest with you. I don't think it was that good, actually. If you give them that, and then they continue to build, and another reason, and I'll tell you another reason why they should be encouraged, uh, Carolina fans should be encouraged. You were, tr- you had, you know, players that haven't seen as much action, obviously, as Michael Carter and Deami Brown and Chas, right? You had some other, you had to innovate a little bit. You had some players, some maybe some newer, different players in there that you're going to see moving forward in the next year. And they held up pretty good against Texas A&M. And, you know, not to, I, I, I don't know anything about it, but Texas A&M was right there on the verge of maybe getting in the football playoff as opposed to Notre Dame. They were in the conversation. In fact, I believe they were the first team out. Either them or Florida, you know, either they were going to get in or Florida was going to, those two teams to me were right there on the bubble. But what no slouches Carolina was going up against. And they did it without Michael Carter, Deami Brown, where most of their offenses come from this year. And then without Chas Surratt, one of their top defenders. That's impressive. And then obviously Sam Howell did his thing. Like Carolina looked, and then obviously in the fourth quarter, Texas A&M took took it away. But I've I've heard, you know, a lot of the Carolina players say this, you know, in inter, in different interviews. Mac Brown, you know, Carolina has done ver- when you look at the trajectory that Carolina's on. Whereas last year was the first year with Mac Brown coming back. You know, he didn't have his recruits there yet. Carolina had a eh, okay, solid, kind of okay team last year. Sam Howell was there. Chas Surratt was there. You know, Michael Carter, others were there. They had a solid, okay team. And they lost a lot of close games. I mean, we were, us Carolina fans, we remember the, the headaches that would give us at the end of those games, especially the ones that would go in overtime. I, I'm pretty sure, didn't, wasn't it like five straight games Carolina went to overtime and lost it close? Like, they lost so many close games last year, and I I know personally as a fan, I felt like okay, if Mac Brown's doing that already, just wait till he gets his recruits in there next year, and then, bam, here we are. You know, had a few hiccups this year against FSU and UVA, but here we are in the Orange Bowl without some of our key players, and we're with Texas A and M, one of the first teams out in the college football playoff, hanging with them through three quarters. That's very, very impressive. And it's very encouraging as a Carolina fan. So I'm telling you, mark it down. If they can get, and I'm sure they're gonna, I'm sure they're gonna work on this. Cause again, Mac Brown wants to, they've won, you know, they've won uh in the ACC. 
for the most part. You know, they had a real, you know, they were one of the top teams in the ACC when it was all said and done. They weren't, you know, up there with Clemson and Notre Dame, but they were right under Notre Dame. Um, you give Carolina some form of a solid defense and you continue to build offensively, which was incredible. I mean, they averaged about 40 points, a little more than 40 points a game this year. So you keep building on that. And I think Sam Howell's going to have a Heisman level um, year next year. And he's already right there now, I think. You keep building on that. And you, again, you give them that defense. Mac Brown is going to do exactly what he's been saying he wants to do, and that is take this thing national. Compete with Clemson. Compete with Bama. Compete with whatever Notre Dame looks like next year. We'll see. Uh, compete with the Ohio State. Mac Brown's ready to contend is what I'm trying to say. And if you build that defense and continue on offensively, what you just did, averaging 40 points a game, This little ram here is going to be coming for your throats, is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, with that said, now that I got that off my chest, um, real quick, got to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors, uh, American Betting Experts. They sponsor us here at ACC Tailgate and then all of our other shows here on Chris Landry Football. They're one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We have teamed with them to provide you guys, all our Landry football followers and podcast listeners, a special gaming offer. And here is what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. You're going to sign up, and then you're going to receive... Instantly, an account deposit, match-free or risk-free bet. It's going to go from $100 all the way to $1,000. It's literally that simple. So again, you go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. Maybe even click subscribe while you're at it on our Twitch channel. Uh, And then you're just going to pick amongst the gaming sites in your state. Sign up and instantly receive that account deposit. It is literally that easy. So thank you to our sponsors. Uh, American betting experts appreciate you guys getting in on that. Uh, appreciate you guys watching the show. I mean, uh, it, it's been fun. You know, like I said, you know, ACC football season has come and gone. Um, however, now that's going to give us more of an opening to get into some basketball, which is my bread and butter, which I'm excited about. Uh, and also, and this is one thing when uh, Chris Landry, you know, was talking to me about doing the show. He wanted me, and I haven't done it a lot yet because there's just been so much good on the field stuff to get to lately with the ACC, which we've been very fortunate with. Um, and it's only going to get better next year, I'm telling you guys. Um, so he he wanted me to get into a lot more. Uh, he wanted me to get into recruiting aspects of ACC football, and so now that you know, as in the ACC anyway, we're officially in the off season. Um, we're going to be getting to that. So we're going to see, you know, what Clemson's going to be bringing on. I and mean, we've talked a little bit about that today. You know, we're, what what's Notre Dame going to be bringing on? Is UNC going to be able to fill that defense, you know, like I'm hoping they can to compete nationally? Now, what, and, I, and I'm going to tell you something this. I thought I might get to this today, but I'm going to wait uh, and do this on Friday. So 
in the spirit of getting to recruiting and offseason stuff in the ACC for football, here is what I want to tease for Friday's show. And that is, you know, obviously we've talked so much about Clemson. We've talked so much about Notre Dame. We've talked so much about Carolina. We've talked a lot about Miami. We, I want to get to the teams that weren't so good this year. I want to get to my way too early sleepers for 2021. You know, where's UVA going to be? What the hell is, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Virginia Tech this year. Not in so much a good way. You know, what are they going to do? What's Pitt going to do? You know, Boston College is going to be a player. And I mean a player. I think, and I've put my, I've already put my stake in the ground on them. I think they're going to be a top 25 team at some point next, next season. But the teams that we haven't, the teams that have not been good, you know, Duke, Syracuse, UVA, Pitt, Florida State, where are they going to be? You know, who, who is going to rise out of the ashes of the crap of the ACC? Who's going to do it? So that is, we're going to, we're going to get to that on Friday. Uh, we're going to get into ACC basketball uh, on Friday. And damn it, who the hell knows what else we're going to get into. But I hope you'll be here. I know Spartan Barton will be here. Uh, I hope you're here uh, to check it out. That is going to do it. That is going to do it for Monday's show. Um, that's going to do it for Monday's show here on ACC Tailgate on Chris Landry Football. Uh Appreciate you guys tuning in live. Appreciate you guys who are going to watch this on uh, the website or or you're not going to be watching on the website. You'd listen to it on the website. But everybody who's watching this on Twitch after it's live streamed, everybody listening uh, on the podcast, appreciate you guys uh, very much. And uh, until Friday, my name is Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. That's my social media handle. Hit me up. Uh, reach out. Love to get to know all of you. I'm on every platform, so just hit me up there. And until Friday, you guys have a great rest of your week. Even Duke fans. Ugh. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.